0: Welcome back to Financial Flyby. First, for some disclaimers. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations. Individuals should always consult their own financial advisor or tax advisor regarding their specific financial situation before acting on any information provided. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Genius Wealth Management, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. And now on to Financial Flyby.
1: Welcome back to Financial Flyby. It is Thursday, uh, January 10th and I'm here with my colleague Brian Pelling I'm kind of kicking things off today just a little bit of a change of pace normally Brian does the introduction but as we said last time both Brian and I had the opportunity to uh, listen to some thoughts from Brian Westbury who's an economist with First Trust and we thought that we would actually share a few comments and hard data points that Brian brought to light Um, from his presentation that we thought would be appropriate to our listeners. So his presentation was maybe an hour, an hour and 15 minutes long. We're not going to regurgitate the entire presentation, but we're just going to go over a few things that we thought were um, interesting. And we don't agree with everything that Brian Westbury has to say, but some of these things just seem to you know, makes sense. And also, again, when you look at the data, it's, it's a little bit irrefutable. So Brian will kind of walk you through that, and I'll chime in in some spots that make sense. But uh, again, we just wanted to share some of Brian Westbury's thoughts. So go ahead, Brian.
0: So Brian Westbury is the chief economist at First Trust, and he's got a team of research analysts that help put together reports and analyze the data. And like Patrick said, we're just trying to give you and say again what, what his main points were about this U.S. economy. And one of the first things he mentioned was how the news media portrays the GDP growth rates. And recently we've seen a downtick in GDP. The second quarter, 2018, real GDP was at 4.2%. In Q3, it went down to 3.4%. And in Q4, it went down to 2.5%. And... Most of the time, the news media will mention how if GDP continues to contract over a course of two quarters, it's likely that we might enter a recession. And in reality, when Brian did the, the background work on that, he looked back eight years, so from 2010, and there's been four times in that history, just in the last eight years, where the GDP has gone down two quarters in a row and the stock market has done fairly well. We haven't seen that sort of violent collapse that the media might make you think is coming
1: next. Nor have we seen a recession. So that
0: was his first kind of two slides that we wanted to go over. The next slide was, I thought, one of the most interesting ones, and that was the, the corporate tax rate change. The United States used to have a very high corporate tax rate compared to its trading partners. The 10 largest economies in the world had an average tax rate of around 27, 28%. So that's why you saw Apple specifically, you know, find tax loopholes. The major companies that we follow could find tax loopholes and move their their accounts to Ireland and find ways to reduce their tax rates. So the United States had a high tax rate of 40%. If you look at some of our trading partners like Canada, that's very close to us, they had a tax rate of 26.5%. So Brian's point was if you had a company in Detroit, Michigan and they had the opportunity to, to build a business. Were they going to build a business in the United States at a 40 percent tax rate or Canada at a 26 and percent tax rate? And really what we saw was a lot of companies that made those decisions and decided to move their their business overseas and away from the United States. So finally, with this Trump tax cut, you don't have to like Trump. You can think whatever you'd like about him, you know, but the, the tax cut that he put into effect leveled the playing field as far as how much the corporations are paying in taxes versus our 10 largest economies in the world. So finally, now we are back in line. And that's seeing a big influx of business that was thinking about moving overseas come back to the United States. Is there anything you want to add about that
1: one? I think it just go- goes along with how we've been personally been trying to position portfolios, which is actually staying domestic. Because the playing field internationally has somewhat changed. The next slide he kinda covered
0: was the the tariffs. And recently there's been a lot of talk in the news about how we're increasing tariffs on China and what that's gonna gonna cause with our GDP and how scary that might be. But he showed that the average tariffs for our top 10 trading partners are much higher than 3.4%. So just to give you an idea, Mexico has a tariff rate of 7%. China's got a tariff rate of 10%. India has a tariff rate of close to 14%. And what do tariffs really do? It's not like Patrick and I are pro tariffs, but Brian's point was that these tariffs aren't necessarily for the long run. They're just trying to encourage other countries that we trade with to reduce their tariff rates. So as nice as it is to kind of keep our tariffs rate as low as possible, sometimes turning the other cheek doesn't always work. And you've got to play more hardball. And you say, hey, guys, we've been accepting the one-way trade for a long time. We are not looking to accept it anymore. And it's time for everyone to come to the table and make the right negotiations so that we can make world trade more fair going forward. Even now our tariff rates are extremely low compared to the rest of the world. And what are we really trying to accomplish with this? We're not trying to necessarily save US jobs. What we're really trying to accomplish with the change in the tariff rate is to keep technology that's been developed by US companies US-centric. So what we're seeing, and I'm sure you've heard this in the news, is that China is having small microchips in some of their devices that can steal technology. And there's companies in China that are popping up that can make very similar products to Apple iPhones. And all of this is stuff that's been developed, tested, researched, money's been sent on it to create these wonderful products that can be made in the United States, but we're shipping it out for the cheaper labor. And what is what are these countries doing? They're finding ways to steal that technology, make the product themselves, and really take it to these U.S.-based companies. Trying to level the playing field as far as tariffs go, but we're trying to make the technology exchange more fair as well. And there was a terrific book called The World is Flat. Brian didn't mention this. This is just something that I wanted to bring up. And uh, in the book, The World is Flat, it was written about 10 years ago. He, the The author mentioned that The reason that people come to the United States is because the United States has one of the best copyright and patent laws in the world. You can come here, you can bring your ideas, and you know that if your idea is better than anyone else's, you can create a company, and that company has a good chance of being successful. Where if you were to use your idea somewhere else, maybe the government could steal that idea, and you might not make the money. you potentially could.
1: Tariffs and taxes are synonymous, right? If the tax rate in the United States was 95%, what would be my incentive to be working today? If I had to give 95% of what I made to someone else, I wouldn't want to do this, right? right? It's the same with the tariff. If I sat here, spent the money, the research and development to develop something new, but someone else could just come steal it for free, why would I spend the money, time, and effort to do that? That's the thing about the drug companies, is if you develop a new drug, you get your, 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 your formula protected. I don't. I mean, what is it, 20 years? For 20 years. And it costs a lot of money to do that. That's why the drug price is so high. But if, if the drug company came out with that and someone could just steal that, there would be no incentive to do that and again so the tariff the taxes all this stuff is meant to encourage development and growth and and motivation to come and basically continue to create these these technologies and these th- these new innovations that we don't have
0: okay the next slide he went over uh how we're seeing more of an app-based economy
1: how- And this goes back real quick just on the the tariff talk and the technology because so much of the world, as you're gonna mention, is having to do with the change in technology.
0: Yeah, yeah, so his last point was that since technology is changing so fast that we're seeing companies become more profitable as they invest more in technology and the cost of that technology has gone extremely low. He made the joke that you can create an app for five pizzas in a case of Red Bull, which Patrick and I both thought was pretty funny. And uh, it's not as funny when I say it. I think he presented it better. But the money that companies spend on infrastructure is going down and on technology is going up. And those technology costs are making these companies much more profitable. And his second point was that the the change of technology, the, the amount of technology change and growth that we've seen Will only go get faster from here. So you think that technology has changed quickly in the past ten years? He's saying that it'll only change faster going forward. And it's funny because I had a friend send me this this link, and it was a in a video of two 19-year-old kids, uh, and they had a a box in front of them that their parents had set out. They picked up the box, and underneath it was one of those old rotary phones, the ones where you pick up the headset and it's got a circular dial, and you've got a kind of take that zero and go Jessica, all the way around and then have it come back down. And they said, the parents told the kids that they had four minutes to make a phone call. They gave them the phone number and these kids were trying to figure out how to work this phone. They'd never seen it before. They first tried to pick up the, the headset and they dropped it back down thinking that's how you turned it on. And obviously that's not how it works. Then they tried to push the numbers down and that didn't do anything. And then they tried to slide them a little bit thinking that a little bit might work. And it took them the full four minutes with some clues from their parents to figure out how to work this rotary phone. And my point isn't that these kids are not very smart because I'm sure they can do a lot of things that I can't do. Uh, My point is simply to say that the technology has changed very quickly in our lifetimes and it's only gonna change faster going forward. And that's gonna benefit all of these companies out there that can really grow with the technology change. Is there anything you want to mention on that?
1: Yeah, I think the 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 crux of what he was saying was that maybe the economy of our great grandfathers is not the economy of today or as years ago it was much more labor intensive, much more capital intensive. Today, as you pointed out, you know, it costs a few pizzas and a red bull to make some technology and that doesn't cost very much. And what does that where does that money ultimately end up? It ends up in the bottom line of the company and their profitability. You know, if 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 I can sell something for a hundred dollars and it costs me five dollars to make, I keep ninety-five dollars. If I can sell something for a hundred dollars and it costs me eighty dollars to make, I only keep twenty dollars. So costs of some of these things are coming down. Prices haven't necessarily come down significantly. I mean certain goods they have. But prices haven't maybe necessarily come down across the board, so that means companies are more profitable today than they were, you know, years ago. In addition, that that's not a trend that we see or Brian sees changing. So, if profitability continues to go up, stock prices should continue to go up.
0: That was his last point. That his last point was that the stock. He was very constructive on the stock market, and I'm not going to give you. The details of what he said, but he was thinking that these this pullback was a terrific opportunity for for specific sectors of the economy. And if you want more information, again, I know you can't comment on this, but send us an email: Brian at JohnWhiteCompany.com and Patrick at JohnWhiteCompany.com. Thanks.